if you got the protocol. Week seven. Week seven. Here we are. Welcome, welcome. Uh, so as we promised last week, uh, this week we're going to talk about uh, players from every team. So, well, we're going to summarize the teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to... I was just saying how we've created this project for ourselves, and it's uh, given me um, a reason to really look at the on the internet and research every team, mm-hmm. like... Player by player, and it's a it's a pretty good way to uh, increase your knowledge in the old fantasy football world. Yeah, it's a nice exercise. Like if you just open up a, a blank notepad document on your computer and and say, uh, I'm going to go team by team around the the internet and pick the five guys with fantasy value on every team and and why and how and mm-hmm. what they're about. You'll uncover things that you hadn't thought about or see value somewhere that you might be able to so scam true. someone. Into we're of course we're talking to the nerdiest of nerds out there right yes. now because I mean like you have to dedicate some time. Yeah, that's but, a couple uh, hours of your you life. You know, we have time, so what the hell else are we doing? Yeah, you get to read about football at work all day when you're not doing whatever it is you're not doing right now, listening to this on your computer at work. So I was thinking since we're um, in the West, we could start with the West, the West sure, and uh, the AFC West. Oh, the AFC because West. Because the AFC West has a terrible undefeated team in it. Yes, it does. And so for, uh, we'll go from the top of the list down and of course this team we're talking about is the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. And if you and have fantasy ownership in the Denver Broncos, I I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's a tough place to be right now. Yeah, and it, I mean it's it's very easily summed up that it starts at Peyton Manning and it works its way down the line. Oh, he's he's 100% the problem. Well, no, he's he's 70% of the problem, and the other 30% is Kubiak insisting on running this shotgun offense or pistol now that they're doing. Well, his, something his, that he's not used to. Yeah, yeah. When he's breaking down physically and they're choosing to try to teach him new tricks at the same time. It's not just him, it's the running backs. Like, it, the, the whole thing just seems to not be working for anyone. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I think that Denver from a from an offensive perspective is officially a bad team. Yeah, what I have written for Peyton Manning here is the legend that won't go away. Yeah, because basically, the guy decided not to retire. He is a legend, and you can't bench him unless he decides to bench himself. So yeah, I wonder how long the be, leash is. Really, yeah, yeah I the think leash I, is long. long. It's like one of those yeah. retractable ones, but like the dog can disappear over the horizon right. before you have to lock it up. You I'm know? wondering like. You know, I, I, I found this whole thing really fascinating seeing the internet react to this. Or not the internet, sorry, the, the entire NFL react to sort of Peyton Manning being bad. And just the way no one's oh, willing to say like, it. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, a, it's like an issue that you tiptoe. Yeah, exactly. You know? like, like, like grandpa's got Alzheimer's. Or, or there's yeah. a huge mole on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like looking at the mole and you're yeah. like, uh, yeah, and everybody's the sort of going, moly, 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 yeah. moly. Holy moly! I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. Uh, it was just ruined for you know, Nobody yeah. wants to. Nobody wants to play that game. No. And, and so yeah, I, I just I think the NFL is not ready to address the Manning situation, uh, let alone his team. Mm. So yeah, he probably goes the whole season sucking. Like I it's, think until he starts costing I think the percentage games, is going that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I someone uh, I follow on Twitter who who is not an idiot who just makes you know bad decisions, but an actually like very thoughtful person. Just said that they uh, they dropped Manning for who was it? Uh, oh, Stefan Diggs. Mm. They, they they made their waiver claim and Manning was the, the the short guy in the end of the bench. Yeah. This guy was saying he's not even he's not even a good QB two right mm-hmm. now. Like, I know. was telling somebody else in our league actually to try and make a sale to the Manning owner in our mm-hmm. league because as for fantasy advice for Manning, one he's droppable. If you own him, he's droppable. Yeah, he two. If somebody else owns him and they haven't dropped him, and it doesn't look like they're dropping because they got that Manning fever, and you have something that you don't need 
quarterback wise, and like maybe Aaron Rodgers, who has the same sort of name building for himself. Like mm-hmm. the thing is, you got to realize that people, no matter how little sense it makes, they'll get attached to yeah. the name yeah. of a, the legend, the, the story. Like last year when I got Peyton Manning, I was mm-hmm. thrilled. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I learned this lesson yeah. just before he started to go downhill, and yeah. I traded him. But you, you, you need to like when these guys have names. Trade them away when their names are dying. Look to that person to be scared because they're shaking in their boots. I don't know what to do. Yeah, like they, yeah. they, they're Manning. They're they're pay pay. They, they they drafted him early. Early. You know, they drafted because they everybody reached... was doubting him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's Peyton Manning, yeah. and so they still have this name that they're holding on to. So if you can, they're they're scared right now. So. Oh yeah. There's no way I would start him over. Not just the mid range guys, but like uh, the tie rods, but like. Yeah. I would rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. at this point. I would rather have. Well, maybe Manning is a legend you want. Keep you keep him as your backup. Yeah. But here's another legend yeah. for you that like, and you don't need this guy. Yeah, yeah. You could probably take. If you drafted Brady, there's a good chance that you did so later than he should have gone because of the suspension talk at the mm-hmm. time that he was. That's true. So you might have Brady and Cam Newton, like an owner did in our in our league. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in that position, then yeah, you should absolutely be selling Brady to. Whoever will take the yeah. name brand. I mean, don't get me wrong. Brady's having a great season. I he love is, him as a QB one. But if you can sell the farm, if you can get a but lot the spread, him, if you look at the spread in running backs, mm-hmm. like Devonta Freeman is fantasy leading by sixty points right yeah. now. If you look at the spread in quarterbacks, it's, it's six points. Yeah, and it's not yep. fifteen points until you get down to number eight, right? So like, who cares quarterbacks? Yeah, They're all if good. You, I'm. I'm talking. I think I'm talking specifically to one quarterback leagues because uh, yes. two quarterback leagues. Like we, we always talk on terms of our league, and our league is a one quarterback league. Two quarterback leagues. You obviously need to have one of the top guys, and then you float your second position. But in a one quarterback league, you can float the position. Really, you yeah. could. You could stream it. it on the whole. You yeah, absolutely could stream the, stream, so, stream the quarterback. So that's why selling legendary name. In quarterback is a oh yeah. Idea. If you can get something for him still, or if you can use this Manning opportunity, because it's not like let's let's get back to the whole team. So the yeah, yeah, yeah. We've totally not, gone off the rails no, on our. On it's our, good because this is the big one. This yeah. is really because it's yeah. not just Manning. It's Demarius Thomas mm-hmm. and well, Emmanuel Sanders and C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman. There's just so much going on there mm-hmm. right now that it's important to talk about it because. Yeah. You know, like, what does this mean from a dynasty perspective? Yeah. Right? Is Manning done this year? Is well, they're, they're going to be, next I year? think they're going to be a team that's not going to have a choice but to rebuild after this yeah. year is done. Like, they, I think they need to hope that their talent keeps value mm-hmm. and other than Manning and that they can rebuild their team I in suspect- the offseason and start, start from scratch because yeah. I think once Manning leaves this offense, it's so constructed for him that you need to reconstruct. It's not like it, yeah. you know you're you're taking out such a big part of the house that there's no point in renovating the last eighth of it right. that's left. You might as well, just you rip, might as well down. rip down the last eighth and yeah. rebuild a new house. You know, yeah. and and you know that's that. It's an interesting point. Uh, I think that if you are a really calculating fantasy person who's like thinking ahead of the curve and you're in any kind of keeper league uh, start reading up about Brock Osweiler mm-hmm. what's he like as a quarterback you know yeah. what is he is he a check down king well then you know Emmanuel Sanders and Ronnie Hillman gain a lot of value in that situation yeah. does he have a huge cannon arm well then you know Demarius Thomas has long term mm-hmm. value more than he, than he does right now with Peyton so you know like 
this is that chance that you can do a little bit of homework. It doesn't take a lot, right? It's like a 10-minute article about about Brock Osweiler is all you need to know. Yeah. But you'll learn a lot more that other owners aren't considering, and, and that's going to give you that advantage because yeah. Dave's right. You know, This is a changing of the guard moment for this team, and their defense is so strong that it, whatever quarterback takes over there is going to have a, a good situation. So it's fantasy relevant. It's not like... Jameis Winston going into Tampa Bay and just like it's a flaming tire yeah. fire because the defense we'll is so him. bad. Oh yeah, we will. But yeah, so uh, you know, if you own shares in Denver, if you can still get name brand price for them, sell. Yeah, I would sell, sell the whole team because I think it, it, it's really easy to run down the rest of that team because, like I said, it's a Peyton Manning down situation. Yeah, it starts at Peyton, it goes down from there. CJ doesn't see the holes. You, he, I mean, if you look at him run, he just has bad vision. He's, yeah. he's shaken. The whole team is shaken because they probably started before the season. They thought they were going to be some juggernaut team. Like, and they, they started, sold yeah. some of their talent and they yeah. made some moves and like made tried to well legitimately make their team better. Except it, you know. And the the thing is, they're winning. Yeah. So it's a crazy, confusing time for this team. I think. Yeah, and I mean, you think about how many offensive changes they've gone through in the in the last year. This, last year was the I formation with a different offensive coordinator. Now they have a new new coach situation. He wants to run a new offense. So they're in the preseason. They're practicing the shotgun formation. That doesn't work because Peyton Manning doesn't feel healthy. Now they're in the pistol, which is a new formation that they that, that you know some of them have to learn anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it makes a big difference. Like this is a lot of instability, a lot of uncertainty, and even if they're winning, they probably don't feel very good about it. Especially the offensive side of the ball. There's probably a lot of nerves there. So yeah, no, I think I think just get out of Denver. If yeah. you can, just sell out. Yeah, sell out. I so uh, let's move on because yeah, man, I guess depressing. there's I guess there's no real. It's not you know like what are you, what are you going to say? Uh, C.J. Anderson looks like he's lost the job to Ronnie, Ronnie Hillman's tiny. Ronnie Hillman's not going to last. Emmanuel Sanders looks like he's trying to do his best with the arm that yep. is there, and yep. Demarius Thomas looks like a guy who's so goddamn frustrated that. They're not winning because of the offense that he's... He's not, dropping balls. He, yeah, yeah, his yeah. concentration is fucked. Yeah. And that's basically it. Yeah. No, I, I think... Uh, and I think in the long run, they're not going to bench... They're not going to bench Manning, and they're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is very instructive for us all to think about Brady and Breeze in the next couple of years. Um, it looks like Breeze has already started down this path. I think he's yeah. about a year or two it, behind it's Manning. It's fast, man. Yeah, it it's really fast. is. And I think I think we saw glimpses of this with Brady last year, uh, where he, he, he was just he didn't look right. Like he looked like something an injury was bothering him, but it wasn't enough of an injury that it would normally appear on an injury report. But it's the kind of thing that an old man suffers through, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to to start to see more, in that, more of that with Brady. You know, he'll take a shot, uh, he'll get sacked in the preseason or whatever, and he'll just kind of limp off, and he won't talk about it, but that'll be the beginning of the end, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's how it happens. So watch out uh, for that with those teams. Second in the AFC West right now is the Oakland Raiders at 2-3. and three. God, yeah. What a, it goes from 6-0 to oh to 2-3 and three yeah, in the AFC West. Yeah. AFC West, bad division. Uh, I, think, uh, you know, I think you always have to start with the quarterback and work down. And I'd say what I think of Derek Carr is he is uh, not the best. No, he's, he's, <laughs> he's not the best. He's inconsistent. Yeah, right now and... I'd call him an adequate game manager. You know, he's, yeah. not, he's got a big arm, so he can make the deep throws. Yeah. Uh, he, I think because of the rest of the team, his upside is endless. Yeah, it goes and, forever. And but. you know, we we need to step back a, a bit as a as a NFL fan fantasy community and start to realize that it takes quarterbacks a lot longer to develop than we've been giving them. Yeah, you know, like you can't decide that Derek Carr or Blake Bortles or whomever yeah. are bad. 
until you've given them, I don't mean two or three years, yeah. I mean five or eight years, yeah. you know, like that, I read a really good article long. about Carson, I read a really good article about Carson Palmer recently and how everyone in the NFL thinks he's, he's come into his peak performance at 35 mm-hmm. because that's how long it takes you to mentally understand the NFL yeah. and like all of the stuff that happens. It's, a t- the, it's the hardest position. It like, is. It's a, it's a mental for, game. So there's so much going on. There's so much pressure. There's so, yeah. so much decision making. The I, whole game is in your hands. Yeah. You know? and, and, and it's, it's all about you and the, and the audibles that you make or don't make at the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage. Um, and understanding every other team that you're going to yeah. see in the season and, is no, like that's the whole point. Like people keep talking to, I keep telling people how I'm excited about football and I'm into fantasy football. And the number one fact going around this year is like, do you know that the players like only play six minutes a game? And, I, you know, I sort of laugh about that. Yeah, like, yeah. at first I'm like, yeah, that's true. It's weird. But at the same time, like, if they had to go more than six... If the quarterback had to play for more than actual six minutes of playtime, I think his brain would explode. Or he would like, just get Those concussed. seconds yeah. are, like, the most intense fucking seconds that, oh. uh, you know, you could think of. What a strange metric. It's like... Olympic weightlifters only lift weights for five seconds yeah, during an Olympics. Exactly. Like but this is, up, that's a good. Like, that's a good. Are you um, saying Olympic weightlifting is easy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's only five seconds. I can clean and jerk five thousand pounds. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Like, yeah. that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, and 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 with that comparison, the quarterback is the one who's lifting the most weight. Yeah, and because so he's got. Everything. It's like you're an offensive lineman. You stop the guy in front of you. You're a quarterback. Are you going to hand the ball off? Yeah. Who are you going to throw it to? Yeah. Where are they going to come from? What's the read? Is Which it a way zone? Am I running? Yeah. What's you know? what's the de- what's the defense doing? Is it a blitz? Yeah. Is it a zone? Looking is it for cover? Holes. Yeah. Can what I you, take this ball myself? Where's the mismatch? It's just a constant Absolutely. barrage of questions. So and it, what we're saying is, it takes years to get to the point where you can. Yeah. So so what is Derek Carr then? I think Derek Carr is. One of 32 human beings in the universe <laughs> who we agree is good enough to run an NFL team. Yeah. So that's already looking up for him. Yeah. I think that he's shown flashes of promise. I think he has... A I good think the team is showing yeah. more and more. Yeah. I think that Derek Carr on the dynasty list should exactly. be Exactly. I think this is where I'm going with this. Yeah. Exactly. I think that, that what you're seeing with Oakland is a management that have decided that he's their guy. Yeah. Uh, similar to Bortles in, yeah. in, in Jacksonville. And they're just going to be patient. They're going to let him learn the game. Well, I see a lot of a lot of similarities between Oakland and Jacksonville, yeah. actually. It's two teams who... They're still um, bad, but they're, they're getting they're better. Bad. Yeah, yeah, they're bad, but they're getting better. But the And the talent that's before them... The upside is yeah. The upside is there. Latavius Murray in Oakland. Since we're talking about Oakland, like Latavius Murray is incredible. He's like a a skyscraper that that goes fast. Yeah, yeah. And he's got great hands. And but I mean, there's a lot of weight Mm -hmm. going to Oakland and being that guy. So like like we said, it, it takes time, and it'll take less time for Latavius Murray to learn his part. But as he does. He gets and then better. the same can be said for Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out there, and the talent that this guy has—it's incredible. Yeah, and Michael Crabtree, if well, he puts his head on straight, is a yeah. decent number he two, has number three wide receiver this year. Yeah, and that was always the knock on him was that he was mm-hmm. not very invested. And um, the team, from what they've been saying, sees this. Yeah. that's the other thing I have about Oakland is is uh, the management. Sees all of this, yeah. Like they're doing, they're saying like they need to get Crabtree more active in the mm-hmm. 
in the offense because he doesn't draw passes. And if he starts making big catches, that opens the field for, for Amari Cooper. Cooper. And then Latavius Murray starts making runs. I mean, I guess what we're saying is like, yeah, they're two and three now. Yeah, they're still kind of a bad team. But in two or three couple years, years yeah. we could be looking at a, a Raiders dynasty yeah. team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which would be awesome. I mean, a team like Cincinnati. LA would be... A- Oh yeah, crazy! If they started winning, a, a Raiders team, I think in a couple of years, uh, is going to look a lot like Cincinnati does right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like like just a, a strong team across Jacksonville, even more so. Actually, I think yeah. Jacksonville with Gus Bradley and, and that they're modeling themselves on Seattle, which mm-hmm. is a good model to use. They're one in five, so they're last. Yeah, but you know, we're still talking about Oakland. Either. Sure, okay, we're talking <laughs> about Oakland. So let's talk about Oakland. Uh, yeah, if you own Amari Cooper, if you if you reach to draft him higher than I thought you should have, you're smarter than I. Yeah, you know, like I was <laughs> yeah. really down on him. I didn't yeah. think that because I mean it's Oakland, right? Like it's been so many years of Oakland being a bad team. I didn't see this coming. I thought that he would be, you know, Sammy Watkins. He would just kind of get drafted. Like everything and is get, clicking there, you know. Exactly. The quarterback knows what he needs to do. Yep. Management knows what they need to do. They're getting the players that filling the holes they need to have, mm-hmm. like. Crabtree looks good there. It mm-hmm. didn't, you know, in San Francisco. And they're finally letting the best players play, which exactly. was the thing in Oakland for and years. I mean, there, Latavius Murray last year was buried behind well, Maurice Jones-Drew. Do you even remember exactly. who and, he is? And, like, and, and let's, like, um, he, uh, Latavius Murray drops balls, and they're not going to Hulu. They're going to Reese because he's Reese better. is a big guy. Yeah. He's got great hands. He's older, and maybe some teams might not want to do that, play their older guy, but, like, obviously... They trust him, and they're putting yeah. their trust in the right. Well, you know, and, and it's a good point because Marcel Reese um, is like an older version of Latavius Murray. They're very similar players in terms of like being fast, but tall and big and strong and, and agile and all that stuff you want. So what that tells me is that it's finally a situation in Oakland where they're not just saying, oh, fuck, uh, who's another running back? Just throw him in there. They're thinking, oh, what's our scheme? Mm-hmm. What's our team look like? Like, what plays do we prefer to run? Latavius no. Murray's not getting the job done? Well, Marcel Reese can do the same job Latavius Murray can do. Mm-hmm. That makes me more confident in Latavius Murray long-term. Because exactly. Marcel Reese isn't going to be around for no, much longer. No, he's, he's not. A, he's an older they, guy. He's the perfect guy for them to to back up Latavius while he gets his fucking head straight. Which shows me that the team has a plan. They mm-hmm. know what, they're, what they want. If, is it good? I don't know. We'll get there. Sometimes teams have bad plans. Dallas is an example this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far afield, but like, you know, Dallas thought that that they could just do this running back by committee behind that offensive line and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. It was a dumb <clears throat> idea. I thought so at the time. I still think so now. I think that they're coming around and realizing that by picking up Christine Michael and now giving him the job. But yeah. like, they had a plan. It was a it was a competently executed, professionally. decided idea. It didn't work. That's fine. So when I look at Oakland, I start to see the same thing. I start to see direction. Mm -hmm. You look at Tennessee. Well, I think they don't know what the fuck they're doing behind the scenes is communication because communication goes from the bottom of everything in your life to the top can be the most important thing when relationships are involved. And I, I really see in Oakland a team that communicates well and that's why the right players are on the field earlier in the Mm -hmm. season why it's taken Dallas longer to put the the guys that need to be out there because when you don't have communication you fall back on your other resources like where did we spend money yeah Uh, what contracts do we have that who are the guys the city wants to see you know the city wants you to win yeah and 
they are they they're paying to sit in the seats and giving you their money because they expect you to find the guys who are going to make the plays. So Oakland is a team that's focused that way and not yeah. you know not coming at it from the wrong direction where they don't they they just. It, it feels like pressure, you know. What I mean? Yeah, when yeah, you don't yeah. have communication, it just feels like pressure. No, and and, and I think that, that this bodes well for Oakland long term. I think I would I would look to acquire some of those pieces. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there are teams where you well, buy in I, and you, you I'd don't like say it. Latavius Murray is a mm-hmm. is a great. He's piece a buy low over. right now. Yeah, he's a buy low because he struggled for a couple of weeks now, but he's not going anywhere. No, he's he's, he's the man. There. Yeah, he's the man. There. Uh, and Amari, and Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper they're putting Crabtree into the like if they get him more active in the lineup. If you're an Amari Cooper owner, you should be excited yeah. about that. Let me put it this way: like when I think of Amari Cooper, he ended up going in, I believe, the third round of our draft. Now, for those of you who are just starting to listen to our podcast, we are in a keeper league with six keeper slots. So our drafts, it's like everyone gets moved up the rankings because there's a lot of stuff that gets kept in every round. So you end up drafting a guy like Amari Cooper who went in a traditional league in the fifth mm-hmm. or sixth round. In our league, he goes in the third. Maybe. Melvin Gordon goes in the second. Melvin Gordon goes in the second, exactly. Suffer. So the thing about Amari Cooper is that at the beginning of the season, I was laughing at the guy who drafted him in the third round because I was telling him, well, it's next year he's a second-round keeper. He's not worth a second-round keeper. Yeah. He, might he might be, be now, and that's be. the thing, right? Like, I yeah. would acquire him knowing I had to pay a second round for that guy because yeah. he's balling out. Yeah. He's doing as good as... You know, you would want out of a Jordy Nelson or a Des Bryant or whatever. Let's just say that Oakland is second in the AFC West. They're two and three, and it looks like if they keep going down this path, they're just going to start winning more games. Yeah, whether or not you're so in a keeper league, I want a, to invest in that team. This right is now. a team that's going to be producing offense. Yeah, and they're going to be fighting for wins because they like this feeling. This is a new feeling for that team. Uh, next is uh, Philip Rivers, San Diego Chargers. Oh man, uh, better than their record. Oh, definitely dangerous team. I like, think they're like this is a t- this is actually the whole West after the Broncos. The Broncos are, are a team that wishes yeah. they were just getting their shit together. Yeah, but they're not. They're broken at quarterback. Yeah, and the other was, team down that line here from top to bottom. Yeah. Is Top losing yeah. and coming up yeah. because with Antonio Gates coming back in the lineup mm-hmm. and um, with the way Keenan Allen's playing, yeah. um, Stevie Johnson's healthy now. Yes, Ladarius Green is involved in the offense. Exactly, Danny Woodhead is one of the best pass catching backs in the league, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't even know what to do with Melvin Gordon. They're very talented but drop prone rookie running back. Like, yeah. well, if he starts holding on to the ball, that adds it'll add a, uh, oh, yeah. element to their offense that'll just make them. I just meant that they're spoiled. There's teams yeah. around the NFL exactly. that wouldn't give a shit how many times Gordon puts the ball on the ground. Yeah, they yeah. need that talent, yeah, exactly. right? Uh, I think. And if you don't see them as a spoiled team, then you're. You're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. And if you if you are one of these people like uh, like my father in law Jason, shout out if you're listening, uh, who really hates Philip Rivers. I hate to tell you, you're wrong. He's yeah. a very good quarterback. He always has been. It's just been a matter of scheme, coaching. Uh, who is he having there to work with? You know, they. they if you're a fantasy f- player and you're making decisions based on who you like and dislike, yeah, you're going to lose. Yeah, uh, Philip Rivers. You, is, choose, you choose to lose. It's just, it's just this. It, it, people, NFL fans, are tend to make bad fantasy players yeah. because they, they, oh, you know, Carson Palmer got cut by the Bengals ten years ago. He sucks. Yeah. Oh, you're wrong now. Yeah. You know, uh, Philip Rivers, he hasn't done anything. He's never, he chokes in the playoffs. Well, yeah, he just threw for 500 yards. Yeah. 500 yards in yeah. one game. Like, he, you know, I want him. I want him on my team. If you have Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer, or Philip Rivers, 
I think you're laughing at the guy who who drafted Peyton Manning right yeah. now. You know, like those are. Well, he's got uh, the most pass attempts. Mm-hmm. He's got the most passing yards. Yep. He's four, number four overall, and he's only going to go up. His best touchdown catcher just came back. He's going to yeah. throw more touchdowns from yeah. now on. Like it's just. And Ladarius Green is someone that they were worried that when when Gates came back, Green would would no longer be involved in the offense. I think what they're going to do from now on is they're going to run two tight end sets with Ladarius Green yeah. and and Antonio yeah, Gates. Good luck. And then they got Keenan Allen in in the slot Stevie or running the, and back. Stevie Johnson's back. back. That's a, that's four really yeah. good yeah. pass catchers. Yeah. It's- uh, and does Rivers like to throw the ball? Oh, he loves to chuck yeah, the ball. Course, and he yeah. has no fear. He's one I mean, of these quarterbacks with no memory. That's why Woodhead's playing. Mm-hmm. Why, if you drop the ball, Woodhead's going to play. Because then that just gives Philip Rivers five targets yep. on the field with time in the pocket. No, Rivers is one of these it's guys like, uh, like Stafford or Romo who just forget as soon as they throw an interception. Like, for better or worse, they don't give a shit. They're going to throw it downfield again. Yeah. And does that make it frustrating sometimes as a fan when he throws another pick six? Yeah. Sure. But from a fantasy standpoint, a guy who's not afraid to keep throwing the ball is someone yeah. I'll take every day of the week. Yeah. It's you know, awesome. Uh, bringing up the rear in the, the old AFC West. Oh, we're going to go right down to that. Oh, I, mean, I like San Diego. Buy all yeah. of the San Diegos. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sell all of the Denvers. Buy all of the yeah. San Diegos. Yeah, that would be what I'm doing. If you can get Keenan Allen for Demarius Thomas one for one right now, do it. Yeah. Do it. No, not it? even a doubt. Not even. Yeah, yeah. that would be a huge strength. Yeah, if you can get Danny Woodhead for... You know, whatever someone who's been disappointing you, I yeah, I'll take Danny Woodhead as an RB two for sure right yeah. now, even in a non PPR league. Yeah. Last but not least in the AFC West is the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you mean, not least? Well, they're they, they're the least. least. They're pretty least. They, they might they're be the least team in football. They're pretty least team. They got a they got a bad least infection. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there's no antibiotics for Andy Reid. No, there isn't. And uh, now that Andy Reid's little boo boo is. Gone for the season. I don't know. Like they have some great weapons, but it. Uh, I don't. I think it's going to take them at least, you know, four weeks to make a new plan. And by that time, they'll never make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. pretty much, no, he is the that offensive dumb. product production of that team is over for the season. And you, so you know what terrifies me about that situation as a Travis Kelsey owner is any other team in the NFL, if their number one wide receiver was concussed and they just lost their best running back, I would be thrilled to own the other best pass catcher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if if Brandon Marshall and Chris Ivory both died, Eric Decker owners are celebrating. Travis Kelsey, on the other hand, man, like I don't, I don't see Andy Reid suddenly magically becoming a smarter coach and realizing he needs to scheme Travis Kelsey into space or do something to prevent him from getting quadruple teamed or whatever. You know, it's such it's, a weird situation because it's it's like you want him to be a better coach, but it's like any fucking dude off the street could look at that yeah, starting exactly. lineup and be like, uh, "What's that truck of a man who catches balls?" Yeah, like, yeah. I don't see how Andy Reid doesn't see him. It's like he's like in this weird house of mirrors where all he sees is his reflection, and he's like. Oh, I'm cool. Yeah. I like me. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love to be shaped like this. Yeah, the thing... Oh, I, I can't wait to see what Kendrick's going to do. Uh, Let's give him the ball a bunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I look at the Joe Philbin situation in, in Miami, and like as soon as he left, suddenly all of these problems were solved. It's like, oh, hey, Lamar Miller's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's just give him the ball 20 times. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah, and... I, I, and I don't see that happening with, with the Chiefs. So, what I guess what I'm saying is... Um, if I own Jeremy Macklin, uh, I'm, I'm holding through this concussion. Uh, he's not 
had a lot of concussions in his career that I'm aware of, so he should be fine. He should be okay. And yeah. he's one of the last remaining pieces of the puzzle that Andy Reid is happy to have and use. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. and, and I mean, Alex Smith is throwing him the ball. But. Uh, yeah, and that's the other side of it, right? Is that Alex Smith... Um, through a combination of never having been that good to begin with and now having a terrible offensive line, it has regressed to sub-NFL-level replacement quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think he looks like the backup well, to a bad Well, at team. the very beginning of the year, we were talking about Alex Smith being a viable choice because of the options it looks like he was going yeah. to have to throw to. But yeah. now, we're like we were talking about earlier, how there's some teams where you want the quarterback and some teams where you want the Hopkins. You know, this yeah. is a team... Although in the lower end of the spectrum that you want the Macklin, you don't want the you don't want the Smith no, team. No, he, you don't. he doesn't have the targets. He's only got a few targets, so you want those targets on your team if you have to have a Kansas City player. Yeah. You, because you they're don't. sort of in the same boat as the Denver players. You should sell them for what you can get, but they don't have any names. Like you, you're selling D- Denver players who have names and value or perceived value. Good luck trying yeah, to sell if you're uh, a, Jeremy Macklin yeah. to somebody who doesn't know who he is. Exactly. If By the way, Jeremy, if you're listening, I think you're a phenomenal yeah, human yeah, you're, being. You're, you're I good. just wanted to put that out there. You're, you're a good football player, Jeremy, yeah. and a good person. I hear he is a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're in a sharky kind of league like ours, where people are really you know reading up on on Roto World and stuff, then and, um, Travis Kelsey definitely has the name brand recognition that you could you could sell him. Uh, I would hesitate to do that in a dynasty league because I think he's got um, many more years of being a, a dominant a beast. A beast. And, and, uh, and Andy Reid and is I'll not t- long for this well, team. Well, that's the thing. If anything is going to shake up the Kansas City ownership, yeah. it's a season like this where yeah. Jamal Charles is down, Andy Reid looks confused, their backups uh, running backs they keep going to, but nothing happens. I mean, there's going to be shakeup on this team yeah. by the end of the year. Although I worry that Andy Reid is um, such a such – a, he's that coach that, that – you know his reputation doesn't match his output, but the reputation is still there, and so he's just going to keep farting around, getting jobs and and not getting fired well before his time. I just I just don't see him getting fired until like two years too late. You yeah, know what I mean? Like he kind of seems like the kind of guy that walks into the boardroom and uh, Andy Reid. What you didn't know about Andy Reid when you hired him is, yeah, he's a football coach, but also he likes to take up hypnosis on the side. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. look at the watch. You'll end up holding on to him for two extra years, and you'll be really upset. This is he's actually a super villain, and this is his deep cover. Yeah, as, as yeah mediocre yeah, NFL coach. Yeah. yeah, at nighttime he goes out and he tells Donald Trump everything he needs to know to become the president. Yeah, yeah, of the United exactly. He's, he's Mysterio. That's his, that's his villain name. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, like, really, what else is there to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs? It's a very scary place to own anybody right now. If you like Macklin as much as I do as a person and football player, maybe you want to hold on to him. Uh, Travis Kelsey is very well the same talent level as Gronk. He'll if he gets the right situation, he'll get there. If you can keep him through the years, keep him. Otherwise, I mean, the Chiefs are just, uh, they're, they're going down. Yeah. I doubt, like, if they win another game this year, I'll be pretty impressed. Yeah, and, and you know, I I also wouldn't be surprised if if funneling the ball to Kelsey worked and then Andy Reid, the light bulb went off and he, and he rode that. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a possibility. So, I own Kelsey. I'm not, I'm not looking to sell on him. I'm looking to see what happens for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't panic too hard there with regard to Macklin or Kelsey. Um, 
but yeah, you know, all these rookie wide receivers that are, uh, what's his name, Albert Wilson there, down, down the depth chart. Uh, Albert Wilson's a great wide receiver, and with a different quarterback and a different coach, I would be really excited to think about him with Macklin out. But, you know, why would you want anyone catching passes from that guy? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. That's the uh, AFC West? That's the AFC West. A bad division. <laughs> well, a bad division that's about to turn around. I like, I... Oh, unless, the king is about unless, to be dead. Yeah, yeah, unless Denver's defense can keep pulling off all these miracles, they can't. Um, yeah. Their record is going to slump, and everybody underneath them is on the way up. They yeah, should be on the way up. I have this nasty feeling that San Diego goes on a hot run, and Denver ends up backing up, backing into the playoffs on the strength of their six wins early on, like on a wild card or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just not not a good situation in Denver. So, uh, you want to talk about the AFC North? I was going to go east. East. AFC East. All right. Let's start with them. West East. West East. And at the top of the East, we have Tom Brady and his Patriots. Absolutely. I mean, now there's a guy uh, who I, you know, base my don't play fantasy by the guys you like and dislike rule on mm -hmm. because I don't like Tom Brady. No, but if you don't like to own him. Yeah. And I've not picked him. Two years in a row mm-hmm. because I didn't like him, and I feel like an idiot. You know, I, I understand guys, how you feel, but let me put it this way. I am also someone who, who generally doesn't have Patriots on my team, and for me, it's because you can't trust Bill Belichick. That there's you can trust a, him to do what he's going to do. Yeah, <laughs> but you just don't know what it's going to be yeah. ahead of time. He right? wins games, too, so like... If you can get yourself in the head of uh, the Belichick man, then... Check yourself into a mental health institution. Well. Because you're a weird dude who cuts the arms off his clothing and uh, <laughs> mutters about fucking someone's mom. Uh, yeah, look, the thing about Bill Belichick is that um, he's always going to do what it takes to win. And actually, this is something I want to talk about briefly in the context of Eddie Lacy, because I think this is a real danger on good teams that... Just because your guy is the number one guy on the depth chart and was the high draft pick and just got paid a lot of money, that matters on bad teams, like what you were saying before about the decision-making yeah. process. Yeah. On good teams, it doesn't matter at all yeah. because they want to win, right? The Packers, they know their fans don't give a shit that they bought Eddie Lacy jerseys yeah. if James Starks gets them to the Super Bowl, yeah. right? They will happily exactly. line up behind James Starks. The Packers are like number one for thinking that way. And it's like no, they know their fans want them to win. They don't care if right? it's the Patriots some high literally school kid who can like do cartwheels. Yeah. That's the Patriots whatever. in a nutshell too, right? Like yeah. they will cheat to win. Yeah. So <laughs> so like if if Rob Gronkowski has a has a, a slightly tougher matchup on that week than it would be to just run Legarrette Blunt exactly. a million times. If you can if you can see the game flow before the game then you invest in the backfield. Well, then you then, then you've been uh, drinking the spice melange on the rackets because <laughs> you can see through time. Exactly. I don't think there's any exactly. other way that you can predict exactly. what Bill Belichick is going to do. Exactly. But so, that's why I have always faded him. Now, I still think Rob Gronkowski is the number one tight end by a fucking mile. Yeah, I still think Julian Edelman is a fantastic number one wide receiver. Yeah, I still think that I would love to own Dion Lewis. Yes. Even Legarrette Blunt, if you can predict a game like uh, like you were saying that you were really confident starting him last week because at Indy yeah. they're just going to run the ball down their throat as yeah. a as a dominance thing because Bill yeah. Belichick is like pissing in a circle yeah, around the Colts exactly, after the exactly. Game. And you were right. And they did. You were right. Did. So like if you can, I, if you can get those those couple of like simple, yeah. but like this week I don't I'm I'm terrified. Yeah, I don't have another choice, but I'm terrified. And, and is it, the the next thing is like. 
when is when is Danny Amendola relevant, right? Like Danny Amendola is a good wide receiver, but like good luck predicting when he's going to. Every other team in the NFL, I want their number two wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I want Marvin Jones. You know, I want uh, Stevie Johnson. These are these are guys who who. Uh, you know, will do something for you. Good luck figuring out if Danny Amendola is going to have a good week, yeah. right? Like, there's just no way to predict these things. And so, I uh, <laughs> the Patriots are a good team that you should be happy to own because everyone was fading them before the season began. And chances are, you got a good deal on a guy like Brady. Yeah, uh, that's as much as I can say for them. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't tell you when it's going to be Lewis versus Blunt. I can't tell you uh, when. Uh, Brandon LaFell is going to come back from his injury and what that's going to mean to the offense because I can't think like Bill Belichick. I'm not... (laughs) I just can't do it. I'm not sufficiently weird to just predict what he's going to do. Uh, You know, that's that's the long and the short of it for me and the Patriots. I've, I've always just seen them as... They're a, they're a flip of the coin, right? Like, they're going to win you a week based on, on a huge score, but you can't predict who it's going to be. Or rather, it's hard to predict. It's harder than any other NFL team, I think. Uh, so, after the Patriots were on to the New York Jets. The Jets. Uh, which are... The Jets are making Rex Ryan look bad right now because they're a decent team. Yeah. They are a decent, decent team. With there a are guys to own on that team, mm-hmm. number one being Chris Ivory. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, hey, I am right there with you. I've been a, a huge Chris Ivory fan for a number of years. Uh, I, I strongly advise my wife to keep him in our keeper league mm-hmm. because I love him and and I think that uh, it's not just Chris Ivory. Brandon Marshall is balling. Yes, he Eric Decker. Right, that list of number two wide receivers that I would love to own. Add Eric Decker right on there yeah. behind Stevie Johnson, or yeah. not even behind. You know, maybe ahead of. Yeah. I, I, he's a really good wide receiver. He's great for Brandon Marshall. He is, and he's vice great. versa. Yeah. Uh, and then you know they're they're making it work with with two wide receivers and one good running back, which is all you need for an mm-hmm. NFL team. Uh, Fitzpatrick is filling in admirably. I don't know if if Geno Smith gets the job when he comes back. Honestly, they've been. Well, winning. I think Fitzpatrick looks good. Yeah, he's, I think he's he just made, ran for a yeah. thirty yard touchdown. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, too. he he chose Juke instead of Slide. You know, and you I know was what that was. That him. was a man who's trying to keep his job. Yeah, and when an NFL player is fighting for a pay increase or to keep his job, yeah. look out. Yeah, you know that's when you want to. So again, if and they're if, winning, if I had Peyton Manning, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the end of my season, and Ryan Fitzpatrick's there on the waiver wire, Boom. pick him up with, with Boom confidence. Down. Boom down. Yeah, yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna break weeks open for you, but he's not gonna hurt you either. He'll yeah. give you a really good floor. Well, because, they're gonna keep producing. They're winning, which yeah. means they're producing, and it's working for. It's them. a good defense, man. Yeah, Cromarty and oh, Revis yeah. and Revis. Is just on fire. All of this talent that, that Rex Ryan point. acquired because he has such a boner for defense, but apparently didn't know how to use, is yeah. finally now being correctly used by Bulls. Yeah. So, well, you got if you have that much talent, it's not. It's just a matter of time before yeah. you get their shit together. Absolutely. You know, Chan Gailey is a good coach. Uh, so I think that um, in a funny way, it's sort of an indictment for Rex Ryan and explains why the Bills are doing so poorly now. Yeah. Yeah, the Bills and the Jets basically traded coaches, and one of the teams got better, and the other got worse. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Rexy. Yeah, sorry, Rexy. I They're next too on the list. Oh yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Bills. Uh, I, you know, I I want to be fair to the Bills. Buffalo is is a hard team to invest in right now. Yeah, I, I unless it's a long term investment. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're you've got a guy that you're oh, it's okay to bench him because you don't need those points and you're in a keeper league and you can keep him next year. That's where the Buffalo Bills investment is yeah. right now. Otherwise, 
You know, Tyrod looks really good, but he has he no to? targets. Yeah, and that's there's the thing. nobody. To He's throw been to. making it work with bad receivers until this point. I don't know that they've been this bad though. Now that Watkins looks like he might be. Oh yeah, and I think you, he is. You got Harvin with a concussion, or yeah. whatever the hell and it is. And Robert Woods, it's Robert Woods out for the season. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I think pump the brakes a little bit on Tyrod. We'll see what he does. Uh, he might just start. Running. See, the thing is, he Ty- might running more. Tyrod might create yeah. um, a new waiver pickup yeah. when uh, somebody else steps up to play wide receiver yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. So that's a, that's something to look at. Yeah. Is like the the rookie or new guy or guy that they're going to trust with the with the job. Whoever comes next could be very interesting. Could could be very interesting. So but that's about it. I mean, Otherwise, look at like, Minnesota. Right, we went into the season thinking that uh, uh, Charles Johnson was going to be an up and coming young wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He was definitely the number one guy. Then there was Greg Jennings was going to be number two. But beyond that was just some people you'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. Greg Jennings has had a shitty season. Uh, Charles Johnson has been benched effectively by his coaches. And now there's this guy that we had never heard of, Stefan Diggs, who's now the number one wide receiver, who's everyone suddenly remembered that he was really talented and went undrafted, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Or not undrafted, but drafted later than he should have been. Yeah. So, you know, I haven't had a chance to sit down and look at the depth chart in Buffalo, but if it's not on their roster, it's on someone else's practice squad. Somewhere yeah. else in the NFL, they'll sign someone. There, there's Chris still- Hogan, Marquise... Goodwin. Marquis Goodwin, yeah, whatever. Marcus Easley and Demarius Moore. Yeah, I've never heard... Oh, Demarius Moore's garbage. I've never heard of Easley, so maybe he's the guy, or maybe they sign someone off the practice squad or trade someone a conditional seventh for someone they don't yeah. want. Yeah. There's a lot of, of, of season left to be played, and we'll see what happens. I, I agree, though, Dave, you're right, that like Tyrod, the chances are he's going to create value. Yeah, someone, he, he's... That's what's... Like, there's nobody on the team, but... I, I'll tell you what I'd love to own LaShawn McCoy for the next two weeks because Charles Clay is the other this one this week yeah or Charles Clay this is the exact same situation yep. This in the next two weeks two three weeks they're going to get big numbers mm-hmm. and they're gonna, their value is going to spike and you should definitely sell them yeah because LaShawn McCoy is going to turn back into a pumpkin he's something's going to go wrong like I just I, and, and Charles, I got the feeling. Yeah. I got the juju. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's going down, and Charles Clay is showing signs of the same. Like when you put when the rest of the team gets hurt and there's nowhere else to go, these guys start getting double covered. They they know they're going to Lashawn McCoy. They're coming at him with as much force every time mm-hmm. as they possibly yeah. can. He's going to get hurt. Charles Clay's the only target on the field right now that they know. Tyrod can trust. Yeah. He's going to be double covered. And he's got he has fucked up knees or whatever. And they're, yeah. But they're great players, so there's yeah. a chance that they break through until the teams are totally set on mm-hmm. defending that. So you hope owning Charles Clay or LeSean McCoy that they go off this week and at the end of this week you get rid of them, you get some value, you get anything yeah. you can. You know, I think in situations like this where everyone else on the depth chart goes away and you have one guy left, uh the instinct is to to rank them higher because of volume. You know, you look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in in uh, in Houston, where everyone else is garbage or dead. Cecil Shorts is out now. Blah blah blah. So they just force feed Hopkins and makes his value go up. I don't think that's the case with Charles Clay. Charles Clay is no. not DeAndre Hopkins, right? No. He's a middle of the field receiver. He's, he's, he's not fast enough he's to get not separation. Fast he get, doesn't get. Yeah. he can't get down. So it's easy to double cover him. He's the type of guy that if he catches a fifty-yard uh, pass, he's just going to fall over. Yeah, he, out of shock. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, what happened? Uh, I think well, because of the running he took to get him. Yeah. Like, how did I do that? The I'm, 
panting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that with a guy like Clay, I wouldn't buy or sell him right now. I would wait to see how the situation plays out, mm-hmm. right? Maybe he has a big week, then you sell him. Uh, if you acquire him right now, chances are is that he is double covered next week and doesn't have a big week, and then you're screwed. So I think he's a hold. He's a firm hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my dick in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that uh, Buffalo's, yeah, I mean, I was really hopeful a couple of weeks ago that LaShawn McCoy would sit out and Carlos Williams would have time to run. Mm-hmm. This concussion just derailed that. Yeah, well, uh, he's been concussed for a while now. Yeah, and when yeah. you've been concussed for that long, there are, there's questions you need to be asking. Yeah, and that's, like, that's why I traded him to you. So Yes, I know, I know. And I'm asking myself <laughs> those questions, but I'm happy to have him. Right no, I love Because... You what I've seen, all we're, we're in a yeah. keeper league, so Carlos Williams has value because when he was out there, he, he looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's on a team who likes to run the ball. Mm-hmm. He's on a team whose number one is getting old and shitty. Getting old and shitty, mm-hmm. and number the other two guys are Booby Dixon. Yeah, that's a Booby Dixon. Our Booby Dixon and um, what's his name? What's the other guy? Fuck. Oh, D- Boom Heron. Boom another Heron, yeah, another yeah. old guy who's who's not going to keep yeah. going forever, right? So. That's where the talent is. It's just he's not ready to come out. Oh, he's clearly the best running back on that team, and and it shows. And so I think that uh, long term, the the future is bright for him. But if you own him, if you can do what I did with Tyrod, yeah, if you you can do what I did with Dave and pair him, I'll tell you what, shed Sammy Watkins like like the devil right now, even long term. I think that that guy's proneness for injury is going to be his unraveling. You know, I, I. he never got started. It's sad. It's I sad. am really, I strongly believe, I strongly disbelieve in injury proneness. I think that's something that, like, I, I've read a lot of articles in sports science and, like, how injury proneness is... Luck. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of, it's, it's a combination like of luck and misunderstanding injuries. Yeah. Like, a guy like Ryan Matthews, yeah. who's now with, with, the, with the Eagles, he used to be with the Chargers, and he would get hurt, like, every season. But... He's not injury prone. He fractured a clavicle one year and pulled a hamstring the other. Yeah. Unless you your medical degree came from playing operation, I don't think there's any connection <laughs> between those two like parts of the body. Yeah. So you know, no, Ryan Matthews is not injury prone. No. All he NFL players. Yeah. All NFL <laughs> players are injury prone because the NFL is a violent, dangerous yeah. sport. So, you know, I, Sammy Watkins, on the other hand, keeps getting soft tissue jam damage to his yeah. hamstrings. Right. Like there are certain guys like Odell Beckham. Is another one yeah. where the, the term injury prone becomes slightly more relevant because yeah. it's the same injuries it's, in the same yeah. kinds of spots over and over again, yeah. and then you start to ask yourself: Is it his running style? Is it his conditioning? Yeah. Is there's something that he's. It's it's like you know that there's something that he's doing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. But he's not getting different yeah. results, and whoever it is, his trainers, his coaches, himself, yeah, they're not making the right decision to change what they need to change so that that injury doesn't continue to come back. Yeah. And now Watkins is on crutches. Yeah. Like it hasn't, like it's not like it's a, it's like a. So you were saying the, it's, the, the, it's the story of, exponentially. Yeah. Every time he hurts it, it gets a little worse. It's, yeah. it's not like it, he's getting better and he goes out and then he's like, oh, I sort of twisted again. I'm going to have to take two more weeks off. I came back too early. It's he waits, he waits, he waits. He goes back out. Oh my God, this is more devastating than before. Like yeah. it's there's, it's just a sliding up scale. Well, it's, it's a lot like the, uh, the, the Victor Cruz story. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, where Victor Cruz, like, oh, every time he comes out, the story gets worse. <laughs> well, right now the story is good, and it would be really nice if he it could. Yeah, supposedly he's okay. finally getting healthy. Free. I don't know what he is, though, anymore. Yeah. Like, well, cut? whatever. For a week, he's a name that they'll cover. Yeah. You know? If you're an Odell Beckham owner, you're praying yeah. for Victor Cruz to just be yeah, adequate. Yeah, and you're just hoping adequate. you're playing the hardest opponent in the, in the league when yeah. he comes on the field the first week, because if he, if he plays for an adequate half then that puts back him open I'm an Eli owner so that's why yeah 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 no and and this is something that I think as we talk about all these teams it's going to be a consistent theme is that if you if there's a lot of receivers where every week you don't know who's going to be that gets the ball so examples are uh, the Chargers that we talked about Patriots Patriots you want the quarterback yeah I, I learned this lesson three years ago with Russell Wilson yeah Russell Wilson came and he changed yes, the yeah. Seahawks, right? It's, they still are. They're still super unpredictable. Yeah, like, but but it, you know it, he came and he just radically altered the way the Seahawks operate as an offense, where you couldn't Doug Baldwin or Golden Tate or whomever what wasn't the number one wide receiver. It doesn't matter who the number one wide receiver is. There isn't. It, it, sometimes one, it's right? a lineman. Sometimes yeah. it's the fifth tight end. Sometimes it's yeah. the referee. You don't know who's <laughs> going to catch a Russell Wilson pass yeah. until he does it. You want Russell Wilson because yeah. he's going to throw the ball to somebody. Yeah. And then you get the points. Yeah. Trying to figure out who Philip Rivers or who is. Andy yeah. Dalton is going to throw to every week can be frustrating. Yeah. In those cases, target the quarterback. Yeah. You want the quarterback. You want Andy Dalton because you don't know if it's going to be Sanu yeah, or Eifert or A.J. Green or, or Gio Bernard. It doesn't fucking matter. With that many weapons, that's a quarterback. Exactly. But in Houston, you want Hopkins. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's the difference, that's right? The, you that's don't the want opposite the quarterback. End of this, that's the opposite end of the exactly, scale. Yeah. Because you don't want the quarterback. Because he's going to get sacked. He's got no other targets. Yeah. He's got he, one if, guy. If Hopkins isn't open, he's scared. Yeah. And, so, and what will happen is the first three quarters of the game will be pick six after pick six, where yeah. your quarterback has eight and points. And you're pooping yourself. Yeah. And then Hopkins will come on and get one long touchdown, which won't save the quarterback's day, but, but it will save have Hopkins' Hop- day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we have to... Room, room for one more team this week, I think. And sure. at the bottom of the AFC East, we have the Miami Dolphins. Uh, now, coming on here's strong. a very interesting yeah. team. I hope like that we're ending last week. I, I hope I like that we're ending with this because I like, like you, you look at Miami's situation and how everything's getting turned over right now. And what's his name moves into coach, and everybody's like, "Who is this ape man? And what is he doing?" And then all of a sudden. Coach play, Swole is what they, I'm calling They him. play a game, and the t- players are obviously working with him. They're yeah. behind him. Like, that team is turning around. This is the time where your Miami Dolphin investments, if you held on to them... You finally get paid off. You're going to get paid yeah. off. It's, you know what? You, you were, it's funny you were saying that the coach seems to be amping them up. An interesting fact came out this week. Uh, I didn't see the original article because only someone took a screenshot of, the, of the, 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 the quote and posted it to Twitter. But the quote was... That apparently uh, Dan Campbell, the new coach, uh, they asked one of the players, "What is it like to get fired up by him before games?" And the player said, "Oh, we're used to it because uh, Coach Philbin wasn't the one who gave us the pregame speech before. Mm-hmm. He would have the tight end coach, the, the new head coach of the Dolphins, Dude. do his pregame speeches for him." 
What oh. was Joe Philbin doing? Yeah. What was his so job? He slowly, he sl- the, really, the backstory that no one knows is he was always the coach. Yeah. And now that he's in the spotlight, the players are excited to play for him. You no, know, it was that he was always he was always the coach in all of the important ways, except for being able to decide the plays. Yeah. Right. The one thing he wants to do yeah. there is is call it better plays than yeah. the city of Philbin so or run the ball more or whatever. And now he can. What it sounds like they did is they're opening the lines of communication. Yep, this is a guy exactly. that the players are more comfortable with. Yep. And so communication goes up, team goes up. The defense Dime goes up. The defense are, says Lamar we, we, Miller? Yeah. Mm. No, no, it start, for me it starts with the defense. The defense told the coaches, we are tired of this garbage where we can't blitz or do any pressure because we have to diagnose the run standing at the line of scrimmage like an idiot. We have no momentum. I, without getting into the technical details of the of the of what was yeah. going on in Miami, the defense was being criminally misused. Yeah. Still happening in Buffalo, actually, for spoiler alert. So if you have any Buffalo IDP guys, you might want to think about giving up on them because I don't think they know what they're doing in Buffalo. Yeah. Getting back to Miami. They find, the defense has been saying this over and over. We are being misused. We are being misused. And this guy's like Don Kong Su. He knows what he's talking about, yeah. right? He knows how to rush the quarterbacks. When he says, I'm not – you're pay, still paying me, so thanks for that. But yeah. like, if you want me to sack a guy, maybe change what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, they're finally doing that, which sets the quarterback into a better place because now he's not constantly playing from behind. So now Ryan yeah. Tannehill can take the time to make better decisions. Yeah. The other which thing is, is something that Tannehill obviously needs. He needs a There's a guy who's yeah. pres- who, when the pressure is on him, it's not good. It makes him poor decisions. He's not But he's ready. young. And that's yeah, what exactly. He's not ready for that yeah. shit. So if you give him structure and patience. Him and Bortles are very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Carr too, frankly. Mm-hmm. So you, you, But again, it's just a young quarterback. Yeah, he's that's learning Carr to play the was game. garbage last year because mm-hmm. it was all on him. And yeah. now they're, they're starting to turn their Better defense, around. better running game. And so what's happened in Miami, the other thing that the players have been saying is run the fucking ball. Yeah. Right? Just run Lamar Miller. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So what did they do? They ran the ball. Yeah. And the third piece of the puzzle, and I think this is the least important but the most interesting from a fantasy perspective, who is Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell was the tight end coach. Yeah. When you're a position coach, all you care about is your the guys position. being the best. Yeah. The tight ends or want to get all the touchdowns, or if you're the line coach, you want to be running the ball all the mm-hmm. time or whatever, right? Like You want your guys to be involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. So he's... Gonna be slightly biased, I think, towards Jordan Cameron. Yeah. I think he probably well, has been frustrated. Finally, that, exactly. You know, they coincidentally get, they get Cameron. He's one of the good. He's one of the good ones in mm-hmm. the league, and they criminally underuse yeah. him. And now the tight end coach is the coach. Exactly. So if I in this is tight end, this is a Jordan Cameron owner's. Fantasy. This and is if he team. doesn't realize it yet, if you think that the Jordan Cameron owner in your league just thinks that he's selling high because he finally got a good week out of Jordan Cameron, yeah. strike now. Yeah. You strike now, you get Jordan Cameron for a song. Because I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying everyone in Miami <laughs> is going to be better now. I think Davis currently throwing an <laughs> offer to the Jordan Cameron owner. Well, I was just thinking that, yeah. that could be a good idea. Yeah, so <laughs> the thing you have to understand about fantasy football is that you're not you're not buying a guaranteed result. You're buying a range of outcomes from bad to good. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to just get the world's biggest dart board for, so that your dart will hit somewhere, right? So you're always trying to upgrade from shitty dart, small dart boards to big-ass dart boards. To me right now... Uh, Jordan Cameron is a bigger dartboard than he was two weeks ago because 
he he has a coach who wants to get him the ball more and there's a new situation and a new regime and the team will be better. Those are all reasons why he is better now than he was two weeks ago. Coach likes him. It's a better team with a better defense and a quarterback who has better time to make his reads. Mm-hmm. Those are all reasons to want Jordan Cameron. So is he guaranteed to, to finally you know be the the... 90-yard guy that you wanted him to be? Probably not. Is he better than he was two weeks ago in an intriguing option? Absolutely. I would look at him for sure. I think of all the guys in Miami, he's the one I would want because Jarvis Landry is going to continue being Jarvis Landry. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on with Devonta Parker. I think that the coaches are just going to shelve him for the year and like figure this out later Mm because they don't don't think he's ready yet. Because they need need to turn their season around. they're They're not in a position where they can start playing guessing games. Yeah. They need to make a, a solid plan. And, and, and they've it. got and a bunch of other wide receivers. They've they yeah. got too many wide receivers. They've got Kenny Stills. they got uh, What's-His-Nuts, the old guy there. So, like, if, if I had to buy into the Miami situation with a sense of upside, uh, in order, it would go Lamar Miller, number one, if his owner isn't convinced that that was the, the breakout week that he's been waiting for, if he thinks he's selling high, steal him. Steal Lamar Miller. Jarvis Landry, he's... Still good, except now the team is better, which means he's better. No change in his outlook other than the fact that he's now playing for a team that likely will establish a better run game and have a better defense. So he's a solid buy if you can. The next guy, frankly, is Jordan Cameron. I think he, I think he goes up a lot. So let's see what happens, but uh, I'd be pretty excited. I mean, Dan Campbell was his position coach. Uh, everything has value. That's the, the the number one lesson of fantasy football. <laughs> There's no one who doesn't isn't worth anything. It's just what do I have to pay for? Him, yeah. Right. So, um, what else is there? Is there anything else that we want to? Touch oh, on I, think we're, I think we're. I think we're good. For yeah. this. We, we've, we've put a lot of information out there on yeah, the expanding like the airwaves. Yeah, and I think Dave is going to uh, write up some of our thoughts for the launch of our website, which we'll have more information about probably next week. Yeah. So uh, look forward to that. We're going to start uh, blogging this shit out for you. Thanks for listening to Concussion Protocol, and enjoy your week seven. Absolutely. Good luck. Hope it went better than everyone else's did. Bye bye.